0: Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself? Or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor? Or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 Accumulation Index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker.
1: And welcome to Australia's Hour of Investing Power. This is Spotty, streaming to you live in lockdown from Melbourne Town, And it's hump day for all of us here in the ISO bubble, so it's all downhill from here. Uh, much like this show, really. So to celebrate, let's see if we can shine the spotlight on shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you ask your question to get this week started? Well, you can text us. Uh, Dexter's waiting to take your uh, message. It's 0480 079 089. Or you can email us at uh, question at spotty. Dot com dot au. Remember, you don't have to uh, memorize those particular contact details. You will see them appear periodically throughout the show at the bottom of your screen, but you can put it into your mobile phone and that allows for easier access, particularly when questions come to mind. So let's bring in today, Chief Spotters, and starting with a very kind man helping me out. Uh, filling in at very, very late notice uh, during this busy time, which is known as reporting season, of course, it's Richard Hebbing from Under the Radar. Good day, Richard. How are you doing? And thanks so much for jumping on.
2: Hi, Elio. It's always great talking stocks with you. I'm really looking forward to this hour. So, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be exciting because there's a lot going on.
1: Yeah, and we get to break in a junior spotter as well, so I'm looking forward to that as well, Richard. But although we've promised to go kindly on you, on you if you're sweating in the sidelines, there we'll get you on uh, line soon. But uh, look, before we do move on, though, uh, um, Richard, tell us a bit about the uh, you know the the business you built, which is under the radar report, because it's a little bit uh, left of centre. It's not your traditional sort of uh, um research newsletter. You know, you do look to look for those quirky opportunities that perhaps many people miss and hence the name of your business.
2: Yeah, well, I, I guess in, in the in the markets, people get excited about growth and that underpins where we are at under the radar. Like we get, like it's much easier to grow if you're small than if you're big. Mm. And you know, what we've noticed this reporting season is there's actually been a lot less analysts tuning into the stocks. That we've been covering, so there there is great opportunities for investors to find out, to get an edge, and to to you know to learn to learn and 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 take advantage of a lack of investor awareness at the smaller end of town.
1: Yeah, and obviously that's uh, you've been in business now for quite some time doing that, and I think you know it's uh, uh, interesting, particularly as you know most of the big name companies tend to get the. Uh, the highlight, of course, the trick is to try to get them before they become the headline companies, and that's obviously what you try to do there under the radar report. So, thanks very much, Richard, for your participation today. Now, next, our second guest. Well, he's a spotty debutant, and uh, though he's been in this caper for actually longer than I have, this is the first ever time we've worked together. From across the Nullarbor, it's Frank Watkins from Pro Trader. G'day, Frank. How you doing? And welcome to Spotty. Great. Thanks very much. Here
0: we go. And uh... Welcome to all your viewers and let's have an hour of, uh, let's say, education and fun.
1: (laughs) That's, is that what you call it? Is it right here? Well, yeah, yeah, we we don't quite see the brighter side down here in Victoria. We're quite envious of all you folks. So we're quite cynical, grumpy old cardi wearers out here. So, uh, uh, you know, let's uh, make sure we uh, throw in a few curveballs as well to keep everyone honest. But Frank, Look, you've been in this caper for ages. Anyone who's a DIY investor will know yourself and pro trader. But for those that um, may not be aware of your business and how you help investors every single day, would you mind sharing with us all just a little bit of an insight of a career which, you know, really has been a bit of a mainstay in the Australian marketplace?
0: Yeah, look, uh, first trade at the age of 16, Poseidon boom. (laughs) I went through the 87 crash as a commodity broker working on You know platinum palladium and all the commodities uh pork bellies orange juice all the good ones the 87 crash was interesting um moved on to uh then broking on the australian market but felt there was a bit of a gap in software so 1997 developed a piece of software went through the telco boom and bust uh, but really since probably two thousand I've always seen my role as trying to educate the private retail investor so that he becomes as profitable and as good a trader as he can he or she can be. Mm. So it's the education side that I hammer and I am about ninety eight percent technical analyst.
1: Yeah, so just a brief insight into the sort of technical indicators that you do lean heavily on, and anyone that follows Trade on social media, on Twitter and the like, will I'm sure know the answer to this, but what sort of indicators do you utilise? Uh, you know, what does your tool bo- toolbox look like?
0: Yeah, look, good question. I've, I've got a bit of a different slant on things. A lot of programs have two, 300 computer indicators out there for mine i throw them all in the bin i don't use them other than on balance volume because that tells me whether the buyers or the sellers are in control i'm very much uh edwards and mcgee technical analysis which to me is pattern recognition breakouts flags pennants you know, what other people call reading tea leaves
1: <laughs> well, I could tell you now, get ready, we're gonna have a couple of uh, cups of tea by the end of this show because there's plenty of questions coming through. So uh, that's all we need now, folks, for you to uh, keep throwing them at us. And you know those details, again, they'll appear at the bottom of the screen. But before we get into that content, just a reminder that all the information in today's show is of a general nature only. It does not take into account your financial objectives, situations or needs, and therefore, should you decide to act on any of it, you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances. Past performance is no indicator of future performance, and if you wish to discuss any of this content with anyone other than your significant uh, other in life, then you need to do so with a licensed advisor. Uh, and uh, also the next hour of Spotty is proud to be powered by our sponsors, Share Wealth Systems. And since 1995, ShareWealth Systems have helped investors protect and grow their share portfolio with a rules-based investing approach that gives them an edge over others. So if you wish to learn more about the team powering our spotlight and how you too could be the tortoise and win the race of investing life, then please go to their website, sharewealthsystems.com, and be sure to read all the relevant information on screen before making any decisions. Now, as we go to air, the market has staged a little bit of a mini rally. It's currently, uh, the All Ordinaries are 0.26%. The XJO up 0.14%, so it looks like the smaller caps are doing a bit of that heavy lifting today, uh, which is right up Richard's alley, and we look forward to asking him questions, as well as Frank too, um, on his first appearance here on Spotty. Time for our first question, which is actually a video question, and folks, here's a little hint. If you want to guarantee that your question does get asked amongst the 10s and 20s and 30s that we get for every single episode then I highly recommend you put it through as a video question because uh, we love them and we always put them up starting with young Steve Steve take it away Hi, Elio. I'd like to hear the analyst views on fiducian group what are the growth drivers for the business going forward is it purely through acquisitions of franchises or do they have any organic growth in front of them thank you so fiducian, the code is FID, announced its results quite recently, 11% jump in revenue, 1% jump in profit. Didn't look like it was all that stunning, definitely not the sort of nosebleed growth rates that we've seen amongst the number of other stocks, but you wouldn't have known that with its share prices it popped and did incredibly well. The other part of that question, and Richard, I'll start with you, that he did ask when he first initially contacted me, was how does it relate to someone like an IOOF, an AMP, who of course, is in uh, today's papers for unfortunately all the wrong reasons. But um, FID, do you have a view on the stock?
2: Well, I've met management a couple of times and they're they're pretty good at telling a a story. Um, They aim to be kind of like a one-stop shop. So they've got like five different businesses. And um, so, you know, a one-stop shop for for the financial intermediation sort of business. Uh, I guess they like crucially they don't have the legacy issues that are pretty obvious for AMP and iOS, So that's a good thing. And they're smaller and more nimble. Mm. Um, and and they, they did produce a, a strong result, albeit, you know, the dividend was slightly lower in the last, um, last you know, most recently. But I guess, like... Uh, in terms of this sort of stock, it's really been left behind a bit by the net wealth, the hub twenty fours and the premiums of this world that have concentrated more on the on the platform sort of sort of area, which is what we're focused on. So, you know, we've 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 promoted premium um, for a while now. They they had the kind of operating leverage that, that we like. Although Fiducian is, is still a good operator in its field and it's definitely one worth having a look look at but it just doesn't have that kind of operating leverage that the net wealth, sub-24s and premiums have.
1: Okay, but when I look at that price action, Frank, you were talking about things that you look for and one of them being breakouts. And when you see a pop like that, that's often a sign that something must be or has been going on. What's your take in regards to that recent price action with FID? Can it stick at these levels or is it going to do what they say in the classics, fill the gap?
0: Uh, Look, I wouldn't be that concerned about the gap uh, down below the day of the 17th, but I'm very wary of the fact that uh, we were at these levels back in uh, February, March. So, to my mind, there's a bit of a double top there at the moment. Mm -hmm. What I'd love to see is a bit more sideways movement, say another week, and then a break of about $6.25 and I'd be quite content to climb on board. The only issue then becomes where to place a stop loss. And um, right at the moment, I'd be pointing out I'd probably have a stop under that low from the 18th of August. The double top at the moment, but it looks like there's uh, further left in it once it breaks.
1: Okay, excellent. So uh, possibly there's you know, uh, continued momentum there, Steve. Hopefully you can uh gain a bit of insight. I mean, operationally, it's, uh, you know, at least it's not AMP. And and look, a quick note to all AMP shareholders. If you're continuing to hold that stock seriously, maybe you should consider donating that investment to some you know, <laughs> worthwhile cause that might actually help someone as opposed to remaining in that business. Because seriously, uh, I don't know how you could sleep at night holding a stock like that. It's unfortunately, it continues to just trip over itself. It's worse. Um, than the US government at the moment. And honestly, you've been far too patient and the opportunity cost of holding AMP has unfortunately cost you generational wealth so seriously. But the good news is on Spotty, we're all proactive investors. So my money is that actually many investors will not be holding AMP who are tuning into this show. It's unfortunately those that got lumped with it, with a demutualization, who haven't had the means, ability or foresight to be able to trade it since then. There were plenty of opportunities. But Richard, I wanna go to you, Laser Bond Limited. Now, uh, this is a question from Shane, a great Carlton supporter. Great to see the Blues get the job done on uh, Friday. Now, Shane wants me to do my job because he actually asked this a week ago and I missed it. Sorry about that, Shane. So um, I'm trying to pick up the ball here and uh, improve my performance. LBL is their code, Richard. Interesting little business and some great little tech.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's been around for a long time. Um, you know, family sort of founded and, and still controlled. Um, <laughs> they've got proprietary capital equipment um, in surface engineering technology, and they've made a little acquisition that's going to drive growth. It's not really the most exciting technology company, but what it does have is, you know, a solid earnings base, and they are profitable, and they are producing dividends. And um, I think that, they're, you know, the... I just think this is a case of a company that's going to be around for a long time. So, if you are nervous about the markets and you're looking for some interesting small caps that might not be quite as volatile, this this is one. Um, so, the key to our, I guess, forecasts are a slower than expected recovery. Um, so we're not we're not we're not um, in technology due to COVID-19 and de- and, and related delays. So they have struck, you know, they have, their earnings have been suffering a bit from the COVID-19 related difficulties, and mm. it's a liquid. But uh, We think that they, they've got a great earnings base. So it's worth, if you can, sort of buying at around or below 50 cents.
1: And I know you're a big fan of those, you know, family uh, founder slash driven businesses there, Richard, and it sort of meets the bill of that, and at least is uh, profitable and doing the right things and has some good little tech behind it. Okay, Frank, time for you to sweat a little. We've got um, a question from Christopher, who's asking about free stocks. So I hope you get your pen there. If not, I'll remind you, don't worry. Um, he understands okay. that they're very speculative. So I, don't, I doubt us providing any fundamental enlightenment on these businesses really isn't what he's gonna be after. He's probably wanting to know some key levels relative to where they've been trading recently. And let's face it, many of them have been doing incredibly well. Let's start with his first yeah. one, which is Pointera, 3DP. Would you mind shining the light on some key levels for him to watch, please?
0: Uh, 3DP, it's, it's gone for a big run. Uh, you know, early in my, we were at about uh, nine cents. We've been as high as 30. Yeah. The one thing I do as a technical analyst, I look for the perfect entry. I couldn't just go and buy this today or yesterday or whatever, so I'm inclined to be a breakout trader on this one and I think if that traded uh, above 30, i.e. at 30 and a half cents, I'd be all over it and there's a a fair sort of a red candle on the 20th of August, I'd be putting stops under there. The on-balance volume has been terrific uh since it made that move back in early july the volume is good um that's about it for me Uh, it it looks like there's plenty left in it but i'd be waiting for the perfect buy signal
1: yeah so we'll go to another one then 4dx i'll throw that into uh, the mix i'll save the third one for a little bit later christopher but let's do 4dx frank which is 4d medical it too has recently had a bit of a uh, pop in uh, in recent times uh, again broken out so has it passed beyond that perfect entry range or is it uh, still forming around here?
0: 4DX uh, my data doesn't show much prior to August so I'm wondering was this a new float? Yeah. Uh, early August. Uh, if so, the chart is telling me it was probably a $1.50 IPO. Uh, day one, day two look pretty good, but right now, I wouldn't touch it until it broke, say, 175. Whoa. I tend to stay away from stocks that don't have a long history, i.e. 12 months or more. That's a long yeah. time in my book. And apologies if, I, if my data is not correct.
1: No, no, you're but, right. Uh, you're right. It's only recently listed.
0: Yeah. Um, I just do like to see a bit of history, but I, I could be very tempted to buy this if it breaks 175.
1: <laughs> okay. So, all right. So 175 being the level there, if it's able to arrest that slight yeah. little pullback it's had and can continue on its merry yeah. way. But of course, with limited information there, um, Frank, um, look, yeah. Richard, I will ask you, you know, let's talk about people leading the business. I mean, I mentioned 3DP, um, Pointera, who had um, Bevan Slattery jumped on board as a major shareholder. Its share price went through the roof. And then there was a question that we've um, received from Helen uh, and it's saying in the theme of these, you know, director sort of uh, stories. And it's going to be a two part question, Richard. So be sure to listen to both. So um, she's noticed um, Frederick Bart, um, is the chap's name, B-A-R-T, sits on the boards of Electro-Optics EOS uh, wee bit nano WBT, and, Ox- and audio Pixels AKP. He actually sits um, as well, just for your information, Helen, on the uh, board of um, Noxo Farm as well, their code is NOX. Now, I mean, one that I've got to ask, when you see these sort of directors that are on so many boards, you know, it makes you wonder how they could actually do a useful job in any of those businesses. But then two, she was a little bit concerned because she's looked um, at these businesses who in the past have promised great things, but yet that hasn't eventuated, although with NOX their share price has done quite well. And she's worried that it might be a bit of a persistent history. So, in light of all that rumbling all up, can I get your views in regards to one, backing the jockey, does it work? You know, do you should you jump on the back of good directors and, and how they perform? And then two, can you just be on too many boards? What's your view, Richard?
2: Um, I think uh, Fred Bart's been around for a long time. Like, I've I've talked to him a a few times. He's a pretty Mm. colourful character. Mm. Um, I think his background's in the rag trade, actually. Uh, (laughs) But, like I say, you know, not electronics. But he has got a bit of a track record of, of, um, you know, value creation from nothing. So he does have a bit of a following. Um, I just think, like... I just think uh, with with these sort of companies they're like moonshot type businesses, aren't they? Ilya, then yeah. you know they're highly speculative, and you really are backing the horse. Um, I we tend to, I kind of like looking at them from a technology point of view. Just at times, to, like for the media, just because they're so um, often, you know, out there. But whether I've actually put my money into them is another question, and I, you know, honestly, I don't think I would, and that's why we we haven't backed any of them. But they are, um, in terms of they are they are highly speculative, and you know, they you're kind of playing a greater fool argument. Often when you invest in these things, like you're you're betting at one point that someone will pay more, not on any evidence, but on sort of pure hype. Um, so, you know, our longevity is based more on looking at fundamentals and often these sort of companies don't have the details when it comes to um, investing on a fundamental basis. In terms of too many boards, I think obviously things are changing now with the, the liabilities associated with being a director and that is a consideration, um, definitely. But I think, um, you know, like, if you can get away with trading you're, you're these stocks, you have All to right. really, really be prepared to get in and get out quickly.
1: All right, okay, Richard. We got the general gist of that, although you were breaking up at the end there. So if you wouldn't mind just turning off some of the uh, browsers, possibly the one that's giving you the live feed ASX at the moment. Uh, that might just help uh, in regards to improving that bandwidth a little bit. Well, Frank, we could definitely let him do that because the next stock we're gonna talk about, has got nothing to do with good fundamentals. <laughs> um, it's Cirolto, CRO um, is their code. The question was asked from Rosa, um, who's noticed that there has been a huge movement in the stock recently. It did have a capital raising, which looked you know quite attractive for those that took it up. The raising was at one cent. Uh, The stock bounced on that. There are also some juicy little options attached to that raising um, as well. So there were definitely some people interested in becoming part of that because uh, if my memory serves me correct, I think they were in the money even when they listed. So um, we're now starting to see a bit of a moderation today. Uh, I go and have a look at my screen. The stock is... Oh, it's okay. It's rebounded a little bit since it's low. So it's currently sitting at 3.7% down. It was down to 2.3 cents. It's now at 2.6. Obviously, these, again, these big breakout moves can be make or break for these sorts of companies. So your view in regards to this, Frank, and also I think a little bit of guidance in regards to dealing with these, you know, tiny stocks whereby, you know, one or two moves in BIP can be, you know, 10 or 20% either way and therefore, you know, can be lucrative, but can be dangerous as well.
0: Yeah, look, uh, I've got to admit, I love this stuff. Uh, I call it trading in the gutter. <laughs> uh, I think I perfected it in around 1980 during the gold boom. But something has changed since then, and it's a thing called the Internet. And now there's uh, you know, half a million kids out there that have got ten grand spare. So, to my mind, um, I can uh, draw a resistance line uh, and I've actually got a breakout on the 14th of August. Mm. Now, since then, uh, the other thing that's out there at the moment is a thing called FOMO, mm. fear of missing out. Yep. Uh, if you did not buy that back when it broke out, um from what was it the one 1.4 1.5 cent level, I wouldn't go near it. Uh, there's 1.57 billion on issue. I think that's too many for me. Yep. I don't like spec stocks where there's more than 1.5 billion. The other thing Elio might sound strange, but I look for reasons not to buy these stocks. Hmm. Now there's plenty out there as you say. But for me, if it's all over Facebook, I don't want it. If there's more than one point five billion, I don't want it. And if I don't enter at a perfect breakout level, it can go without me. I don't care. Yeah.
1: But that's important, isn't it? Having your trading rules of what keep you sound and sane when, you know, you get all this stuff happening around you, especially as you alluded to in this you know, increasingly content, you know, connected environment we live in. I mean, we're not looking at the back pages the paper anymore, at the racing guide, all the stock market closing prices. I mean, we're getting it live, putting our face all the time, which of course can create quite a bit of stress for many traders, can't it?
0: Yeah. Um, the the speed now of everything is, is really stunning and reactions are stunning. If you look at a, a bit of a hot stock at the moment, MSB,
1: mm, uh, two days
0: prior to an announcement, it died. Clearly that was um, let's say people who knew that there was a bad report coming Two days later a good report came and they absolutely raced north The, the volatility in some of these stocks and I'm using MSB you know, as a five dollar stock To demonstrate what is happening down here in the gutter uh, the, the attraction you buy at two cents you sell at three cents uh, you've made a lot of money but uh, most people are going to buy two cents and watch them go to one and a half. Mm. The people I see out there, with all due respects to them, I love the fact that you're having a go, but you really should read Edwards and McGee, technical analysis of stock trends. You should read Jake Bernstein, the investor's IQ, and learn a bit about psychology. Um, just do a bit of homework before you waste your money.
1: Yeah, sage advice, and uh, let's face it, unfortunately, Frank, we've seen many of those do that over the last two and a bit decades, which, uh, of course, inspires us to keep going and doing what we do. Richard, I'll ask you now about a question about a stock which um, looks okay on the surface, but doesn't move all that much. The stock is TPC Consolidated Limited. Code is TPC. Um, They're due to announce their results next week, Paul tells us on email a question at spotty.com.au. Um, he said, uh, uh, looking at the previous year, they declared a net profit of $2.2 2 million, but it only has a market cap of $11 million, And he wants to know what's he missing. So do you, are you able to fill in the gaps for um, young Paul, uh, Richard? I'd
2: like to congratulate Paul on finding a, a cheap stock. I mean, there's very few <laughs> of them out there at this point. Uh, like it does look interesting. Operating cash flow has been negative and breaking for a number of years. So clearly, you know, things are things are sort of right for them now. Low margin kind of business, no dividends, and I imagine that if you get in, it's pretty hard to get out. Um, I guess um, you know, like it's it's just one that's so small that we. It's just really. It's best to stay away
1: from and keep on your watch list, I think. Um, That's that's how we look at this one. Yeah, look, it's tightly held. That's its problem. It's too tightly held, run by some key directors. and You know, there is another rising interest, isn't there, around corporate governance because, of course, you know, and as we've seen with AMP, I mean, I hate to run over that one again, but it's just too tempting that you get corporate governance wrong. um, Shareholders really don't like that, do they, Richard?
2: Oh well, I mean, it's all about transparency for for an investor. Like as a minority investor, you're very you're vulnerable to controlling shareholders, um, they can do all sorts of things that are against your interests. Um, like buy buying back, selectively buying back stock to, to name just one. Um, it's just it's as a minority shareholder, you are a bit vulnerable. So you have to be careful and the smaller the company, the more vulnerable you are to these issues that they, you know, to get getting diluted out of the out of out of ownership really or out of meaningful ownership. So you have to really have your eyes wide open. So the smaller the market cap when it gets to this sort of level, it's it's an interesting story worth putting on your watch list is always saying, I think, um and yeah it's certainly they're certainly making profits and if they keep do- doing that the, you know the interest will come from the people investors and then the liquidity will come and more transparency but at the moment it's a bit it's just it's just too small
1: yeah you'd have to have some strong conviction in regards to supporting well, you have them, to Know, you know. Yeah, know someone true. to get some stock <laughs> yeah true 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 and yeah because you can't know any inside information and act on it because That'd be illegal, of course. Uh, Richard, we're at the halfway mark. So folks, if you want to send your questions through, please uh, email us a uh, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 Our panel will answer it on air. But now that we are at the halfway mark, it's time for uh, one of our guests to help us see the light on two stock opportunities that may not have come across your radar or maybe they have and we can uh, take these sage words of advice from our guests and toddle off and do a little bit more research ourselves in order to determine whether the stock aligns with our objectives, and of course, our tolerance to risk. So uh, Richard, you're going first uh, this afternoon. What two stocks do you want to help us see the light on?
2: Oh, uh, one I think interesting because it um, hasn't really bounced that much um, after you know, in the recovery, so it's still looking good value. Called Hanson Technologies, and it is um, you know, found a founder, a founder family sort of led um, controlled company, and they have a great niche in um, in billing software for energy, sort of water, pay TV, telco companies around the world. So they do. You know there are barriers to entry to the to the business that they're in, and you know there there's big annuity. Kind of revenue streams that they, they, you know, that they that, that they get from um, software as a service. On the other hand, there is some disruption occurring from a company called Octopus Energy, which yeah. has done a deal with Origin Energy, one of the big players in this market. Origin's paid 200 million for 20% of Origin Energy. So it'll be interesting in the upcoming result to see what their margins do because you've got to be wary in the small cap space of disruption. And so, you know, but Hanson is a defensive company, but sometimes disruption can win the day. So there's a bit of a battle going on there that we're interested in. Um, the second, second stock, um, Pacific Current. Uh, they're, they're, they are own minority states in fund managers. And what's interesting about them is they've, they've really got a, a big exposure to non non sort of old. Um, uh, so un- uncorrelated income and dividends. So they've got like a, a, a wide variety of sources of, of earnings. So the management said like three quarters of FY21 revenues will be derived, derived from investment managers, not directly linked to public equity markets. So that alone says it's, you know, there is a defensive element to this company. Um, so they've also got some... some Big increases in their funds under management. So, this is one that hasn't had quite the same exposure to investors um, as some of the higher profile sort of funds management groups. Um, but it's, it's kind of still floating under the radar. But we think it's, you know, the guidance for their um, impact for this year is still pretty strong at over 20 million, um, or 23 to 25 million, which is well up on the 19 million from last year. So, we like, we like we think of
1: there's value there in their current. So there's uh, Richard's two stocks to go off and have a look at. Both are very interesting points in their business cycles, Hanson, HSN, uh, and Pacific PAC. So do have a look at those and see whether they do align with your objectives and a tolerance to risk. Well, at the halfway mark, a reminder once again to send through your questions, question at email, oh, sorry, question at spotty.com.au. Or uh, Texas, 0480-079-089, of course, with reporting season underway. Many of you asking questions um, and we uh, love answering them on air, so please do send us a note and we'll answer it for you. Uh, Also, just remember, if you can't watch any of these episodes live, then you can actually jump on our website, spotty.com.au, to catch past episodes. Um, And that also uh, remains the case. If you can't ask your question live, you can always send it in early as well as many of our Um, uh, questioners tend to do, um, or you can send it live during the show as well. Remember to follow us all on social media to keep abreast as to what's going on. Uh, Elio D'Amato on LinkedIn and uh, Twitter uh, and Spotty TV on Facebook. And yes, we've got all the podcasts available um, on all your normal channels and the like. Um, Although a word, uh, just a reminder with Apple, unfortunately, it takes them ages to upload. I don't know why, but all the others, it's uh, much quicker. Uh, And now a word from our sponsors, of course, Share Wealth Systems. And if you've taken the chance to look at the website, our sponsor, Share Wealth Systems, has uh, really put the emphasis on a key message, and that is being uh, successful in investing is actually more of a marathon rather than a sprint, like many speculators may be telling you at the moment. We need to be the tortoise in order to win the race of investing life, and it's something that Share Wealth Systems have been doing for over 25 years now. So visit their website, sharewealthsystems.com to have a look at all their content uh, on their new website. And remember though, they have a uh, Australian financial services license. If you wish to talk to anyone on a personal level about any of that content, then you still need to do so with an advisor who's licensed to do so. So be sure to read all that information carefully. And remember past performance is no indicator of future performance, but you don't end up in this caper for over two decades by accident. Luck is not a successful long-term investment strategy. Uh, Speaking of which, let's go and have a look at the markets as we get ready to take on the second half of the show. Uh, Currently, the uh, S&P 200 up 0.13%. The All Ordinaries up 0.25%, so relatively flat on where we started the show today. Let's get into the uh, second half. A question that's just come through, actually, uh, from young Greg, who's one of our regular uh, Spotties. G'day, Greg, how you doing? Wants to know whether we've heard of Lineus Tech, uh, their code is LNU. Um, now, Richard, I don't know about you, but when I saw this stock, um, when it first came across my radar, and you may not know this business, but it has been shown to me before, I saw video streaming, I saw video you know, visualization, all that, and I started to think, oh, no, here we go, here's another big one. Um, interesting little announcements that they've made uh, with Graffa and as well as um, Sky Italia recently just testing their technology rather than anything, a firm commitment. Is it a business you're familiar with by any chance? And if not, don't worry, because I can ask Frank, of course. No,
2: no, not really, I
1: was, what's the code? Uh, LNU is their code. So maybe while you're getting that up, I'll go to Frank then in regards to its price action, because it has found a bit of support recently, Frank, but then again, it's not alone in this recent market, though the banks have lagged. There's been a heaps of these penny dreadfuls, The Ones, as you said, the young ones are out there buying without doing much research, lots of them going up, and this is speaking their language, of course, when you're talking new tech and the like. So LNU, is there any guidance you can help Greg with, particularly with regards to uh, support and uh, resistance levels here? Because, of course, you know, as you've already highlighted, it's already gone on a big tear, so you don't want to chase. You want to look at where that next breakout occurs.
0: I, I think I heard you correctly. You just asked if I could... Um give any help to richard no not that's to great. richard
1: no not to richard to greg to greg who asked the question oh, greg, just in regards okay, to price sorry. action yeah just in regards to yeah. the price action lnu
0: uh yeah look uh i've actually been involved in this one um there was resistance right across the 2 cent level uh we climbed on board uh a week ago doing very well thank you very much uh, again there's one 31 billion in there, so it fits under my 1.5 billion uh, limit. The on balance volume is terrific, the buyers are all over it. Uh, The next big level, if I can just have a very quick peep, um, it's the next big round number, three cents. Mm. If it gets through three cents. I think then we start looking at five cents, and uh, if it gets there, there's some pretty serious money involved for those who did climb on early. If you're not in there, my preference would be definitely to wait for a break of three cents. Um, And again, this is one that's all over Facebook and Twitter and all the rest of it, so I am very, very wary. Um, I wouldn't. Wouldn't be betting the house on it and I'd have my stop losses in there, of course.
1: Yeah where, cons- good yeah, where would you consider a stop just in case uh, Greg does actually have a holding at the moment?
0: Uh, again, that depends on your own risk tolerance. I mean, for me, when we bought the break of 2-1, uh, we had a stop back at 1-9. And right at the moment, there's been no consolidation where I could actually lift the stop up a bit. I'd like to lift the stop. But all my stop losses are based on the price action, not ATRs and widgets and MACDs and RSIs. And the price action is still suggesting I should have a stop at 1.9. Okay. No,
1: that's that's great insight. Thank you very much. Uh, Richard, just briefly, uh, LNU, any uh, further guidance that can be provided or uh, should I ask you the next question?
2: Uh, look, I think it's going to, like, obviously, they, you know, they burnt seven million last last year and they're burning at a rate of like one and a half quarter. So they've got one quarter's less of cash. So this is going to be like a company raising cash for the foreseeable future. So I don't know, just like, it's just one where I don't like putting my hand back in my pocket after, so soon after I invest
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I just, it just, it, it doesn't tick the boxes for us. I mean, they've got, you know, they're obviously, um, you know, in, in a kind of fast growth sector, but you know growth needs to be funded and I don't want to be funding that growth.
1: <laughs> no, it makes uh, perfect sense. I can appreciate that. Um, I will stick with you though, BWX Limited, Richard, uh, the skincare uh, retailer, the makers of the, uh, I suppose, well-known uh, brand Sukin, they announced their results this week and they were actually pretty solid um, on the back of everyone finding out or looking for things to rub their hands with. Uh, who would have thought? I wonder why, anyway, it doesn't matter. I suppose I'll read about it later. But BWK, um, Richard, a, uh, a stock that uh, Young Laura has actually asked us about. Your view in regards to its results and the business in general.
2: Uh, I think I think it's definitely um, like in, in a good space, but but in terms of where we focus on that in that space, we've we've been sort of bigger supporters of McPherson's, um, yeah. and that's a small, small company, like about half the size. And I think um, you know, really, we. These are low-margin businesses, so you're looking for growth. So what we've liked about MCP or well, McPherson's is that they've got a good handle on getting into China with some, you know, some, some, some a great partnership there. So really, I think um, they are, We are a bit wary of BWX just because it's much bigger. So we we tend to if if we see two companies that are similarly sort of operationally focused, we will go for the smaller ones generally because there's more operating leverage.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just having a look at their uh, share price, uh, Frank. They're uh, looking to test 12 month highs again. So, you know, you you do like to see that after big pullbacks and it's been a sustained recovery to this point. So um, would that next 12 month high be where you're looking um, at as being that next possible resistance point for this stock?
0: Yeah, look, I'm very much with Richard on this one. Uh, We've got some pretty clear resistance at around $4.70. The resistance goes back to uh, November, December 19, but if we look at uh, MCP, we've got the same sort of resistance, but it's at the $3.10 level, let's say. Mm. So for me, the issue becomes, do I want to buy two? McPherson's or one um, BWX and I'd rather have two where I can take a bit of profit, buy a pullback, add to a position. I've just got far more flexibility with a $3 stock uh, having twice as many as a $6 stock.
1: Okay, excellent. I suppose that's the whole question of money management, which unfortunately we only have an hour in this program, Frank. but. and we can't go into the finer details of that because that could be a whole uh, documentary in of itself. Um, And of course, people can go to your website and learn about um, the services you offer via your education business, of course, um, through ProTrader as well, protrader.com.au. I might uh, also then throw to you, same uh, Frank, uh, definitely in the big, uh, big cap space, a company that had really a terrible year, it's Blue Scope, the code is BSL, it had a uh, rubbish year, actually, to be honest with you. Earnings down 70 to 90%, depending on whether you're using pre or post adjusted numbers. Um, but its outlook was actually not too bad. Much of that, of course, being driven by uh, the fact that the Chinese are uh, making steel and buying steel quite significantly, irrespective of the fact that iron ore prices are high. And iron ore prices being as high as they are, I think overnight around $127. Um, you know, it's an impost in regards to someone like Blue Skill Blue Steel, sorry, but the price, uh, you know, is it telling you the market's concerned about some of those headwinds or does it think that the worst is behind it?
0: Well, the interesting thing with uh, Blue Scope is that it had a peak in January. So, uh, and, you know, we had the, the COVID low roughly the 1st of April, mm. but it, it was on the slippery slope before COVID. Now, since COVID, uh, since COVID lows of say eight dollars, we've had a quick recovery run up to thirteen, then backed off again to ten, and the most recent rally only took us to about twelve seventy. So, since COVID, we've now actually got a lower high, and um, I like to see higher highs, higher lows rather than lower highs and lower lows. So. Mm. The jury is out a bit for me on BSL. There is also a gap left on the 21st of Feb at $13.60. Now the June rally didn't even get up and close that gap, and of course the uh, the August rally hasn't got anywhere near it. So I'd expect to see a run at some stage. If it's going to go north. We'll go up and close that uh, February gap at around 1360, Mm -hmm. then probably back off a bit, consolidate a bit, and if it runs beyond that, well, it almost becomes clear blue sky. But right at the moment, um, there's nothing in on-balance volume to get me excited. Uh, I guess when I strike something like this, I just turn around and think, is there a better stock to own? I think there's plenty of them.
1: Yeah, well, two thousand uh, stocks on the exchange. You know, it doesn't take uh, much other than the means and ability to be able to sift through that list to find a possible candidate. Um, Richard, brief comment on Blue Scope. I mean, I know it's outside your sphere of normal um, influence, but just a, a general comment.
2: I know we cover the stock in our blue chip product. Ah, okay. And Pluto, yep. It looks um, fairly daily on our on our model. <laughs> um, target price is around. Uh, what's the target price, um, $12, $12.10, um, $12. or the target mm-hmm. target. So I think it's very much, um, yeah. the earnings price was sort of based on the U.S. Um, acquisition They're made of North, North Star Steel mill in Ohio. And I think there's a lot of murkiness about the U.S. at the moment. That on top of its um, sort of slender dividend yield doesn't make it a compelling buy. You
1: know, it's got like in the forecast, in the order of less than one percent. Yeah, and yeah, perfectly articulated, and yeah, still has a few little issues there, Richard. But look, I want to talk about another stock. The question comes from Bernie, who sent it on the text machine: oh four eight zero zero seven nine. 089 and you can still send your questions through folks remember if we can't get through them today we will cover them in uh, oncoming episodes as well and all you need to do is watch the recording and you'll see what uh, companies were discussed in the episode and uh, you can then uh, play back and uh, and hear what our panelists views were but um one from bernie uh john's ling group uh code jlg i'll read what he wrote um he said it had an earnings upgrade in june which the market viewed positively its financial results are due out tomorrow. He believes, um, though his concern is that being based in Victoria, they may be adversely affected by the lockdown. The code is JLG. Again, um, Richard, is it a business that you're familiar with?
2: Uh, we haven't focused on John's, but we just did a bit of analysis, obviously, for the for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they provided an earnings upgrade um, in in FY20, so that's one of the few stocks to you know, to do that so they should be commended, commended for that, like with revenues up 40% on the prior year. Yeah, um, EBIT, earnings at, EBIT up, at EBITDA are up 68%. So they are about better than guidance. So clearly, you know, this company is doing something right and they've got momentum on their side um, with strong operational performance despite COVID-19 kind of problems. So... You know, like they're they're doing the business, and that's that's all you can ask for in terms of valuation. I'm not I'm not sure how it how it stacks up, Elliot.
1: Yeah, just having a look here. Market consensus is at three dollars six. So the price at around two sixty would make that a discount of around fifteen percent. You are paying through the nose now. For those that don't know what the business does, they do um, home restorations as well as insurance jobs. So uh, no, they don't actually uh, blow the houses up. They actually fix them after they've been blown up. Uh, so none of the Italian stuff, just the uh, legit uh, for insurance companies and what they basically and they've seen great, like traction's been actually quite good for the business in recent times and investors have been paying up for that. So Frank, I mean, you look at that share price, it's coming up again. I'm just trying to see where that mini peak was. Um, just having a look here in the middle of or early June, which of course could be either a lower high. Uh, or it could be a resistance level that gives it the next impetus to get through there. So what would a pattern like this be telling you um, at the minute and what sort of key levels would you help Bernie with um, observing from here on in?
0: Yeah, look, uh, something that bothers me, uh, we had a a peak, the pre-COVID peak at around uh, 280, Mm. but COVID took it down to 160. Uh, That's, that's a, a greater percentage drop than the market in general. So bit of a bit of a concern there. The, the really good thing from then is we recovered to that June peak, exceeded the February peak, but again, backed off pretty quickly. So to my mind, that, that's, a, that's a difficult one. But if uh, you held a gun at my head and said I had to trade it, I would buy that probably when it exceeds the February peak. There was more resistance back in February than in June. So I'd potentially think about it, uh, let's say on a break of $2.80. Stops are pretty easy on this one. Uh, it's done a lot of work, let's say around the two thirty level. So then you need to work out, if I buy at 2.80 and I've got a stop at 2.30, I'm risking 50 uh, 50 cents, what percentage is that? How many stocks will I buy? And I, I wouldn't be going in too heavily into this one.
1: All right, then. Thank you for that guidance, Frank. And Richard, now, Frank, we are coming to the end of the show. So uh, as uh, part of your bit for jumping on for the last 50-odd minutes, we need two stocks to... Help us see the light on that we can go and do a little bit more research uh, on and possibly get a little bit more of an understanding in regards to how pro trader likes to look for businesses and seeks opportunities. So what are the two names that you'd like to offer this afternoon?
0: Okay, I had to climb out of the gutter to find these two because <laughs> I want people to think 12 months instead ahead rather than 12 minutes or 12 days.
1: Thank you very much. Hey, much Appreciate it. If-
0: Asia is the first one. It's an ETF. Yep, uh, it is a mix of the fifty top Asian tigers, mm-hmm. uh, technology tigers. Sorry, I think if you look into the future, you look two places: healthcare and technology. Asia covers the technology, and um, there's there's stocks involved in that ETF like Baidu. Um, I, I just I love Asia, have a look at it, yeah. uh, it'll break $10 shortly and that would be a, I, I would just climb on board Asia and sit back, relax and enjoy the show. <laughs> the next one is interesting, um, CIA, it's Champion Iron and they're digging this stuff up in Canada and uh, Richard, you'll appreciate all the fundamentals here that I'm giving you. It's just broken $3, it's held above $3, it's around three twenty as we speak. I, I just, in the back of my mind, think if the Chinese say anything nasty to Australia with any effect on iron ore, I wouldn't mind uh, having that covered uh, by CIA digging in Canada and a, a very, very good-looking chart, I
1: might add. Yeah, they're, is, they're my yeah. two. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that.
0: Now, just saying, they're my two.
1: There you two, um, and uh, great, or uh, great uh, stocks to be putting up there. Actually, two stocks that haven't been part of see the light before. So, Frank, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> you know, you've definitely been uh, worth your weight in gold this afternoon, and you absolutely nailed the motto of our show, which is uh, just sit back and enjoy the show which is what we hope our our viewers have done. So Frank Watkins from ProTrader, thank you for your participation this afternoon.
0: Thanks, Elio. Thanks, Richard. All the best.
1: And I hope to see you again soon on the show, Frank, because uh, yeah, that was a stellar first-up performance. I think you've done this before. Uh, But to someone who has done it before, who helped me out and, of course, provides a great service at Under the Radar Report, Richard Hemming, thank you for your participation this afternoon.
2: Oh, thanks, Elio. It's always great to be on your show and uh, look forward to next
1: time. And remember, au is where you can go to learn more about the services that Richard and his team have to offer you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I'll be getting back on the tools again uh, to help out David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. It is the reporting season, a little harder to get quality talent, so you're just going to have to put up with me. Well, what can I say, folks? You get what you pay for. Mm. Anyway, thanks again to our sponsors, ShareWealth Systems, and remember to go to sharewealthsystems.com uh, to uh, see their new website and learn how they help investors every single day. Thanks, Ticker, for letting us take an hour of prime time. Thanks, Mike, for pushing all the right buttons. Stay tuned for the Ben Robin Robo Show, which is coming up next. And until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato, you've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Take care, folks.
0: Stream us live on the Ticker app, Apple TV, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TickerTV.com.au. Ticker. Streaming news now.